Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Anita Figura. And again, this is the second time, Anita. Welcome back. Thank you so much. A very brief appearance on my 300th episode. So thank you very much for sharing a little bit of what you're up to. But we're going to dive deeper, much deeper today. So what is it you're doing at the moment, Anita? I'm an inclusive leadership coach within the project management space, particularly working with construction companies. I support senior leaders in that space to build inclusive teams, uh, upskill their inclusive leadership so that they retain and engage women and people of colour. And how have you managed to get yourself into that space? It's definitely been a road to get here. It really started from my own experiences in the workplace within the construction railway sector. I was a project manager and it was my experiences there, often being the only one in the room as a woman, as a woman of colour, that led to all sorts of different experiences, which I'm sure we'll talk about some of those today. And it was that, that those experiences that eventually led me to realise what I was really passionate about, and that was changing the environment so that less women and less people that felt different would feel different and would be able to own the things that make them great and that they didn't have to sacrifice their careers or accept things that they shouldn't accept along the way. And what are you indicating at there? What am I indicating at? So yeah, I think my experiences, um, ultimately they... I started my career as really ambitious and over time, over what I would now recognise as microaggressions and different experiences that knocked my confidence, knocked my ambition, I eventually became less ambitious. And it wasn't that I cared less because I was always really passionate about doing good work and really passionate about delivering my projects well. And for a period of time, they were... They were my life. And I would say that they were my babies before I had my own baby. Um, However, as I said, just those things over time knocked my confidence. They knocked my ambition. I could see things that made me think, well, is it worth trying? Because when I did put my head above the parapet and say, oh, what could I do to get myself promoted here? I was told... I was told something which was along the lines of you don't have enough experience 
but it was nothing meaningful that I could do anything with because I could also look around the people who had got promoted and they had less experience in this particular area than I did. So I was like, oh, what do I do with that? And I ha- and as I became a manager, I then started to realise that the criticisms and the judgment towards me were gendered. They were... Um, I, d- I don't think I necessarily thought about my race at the time, but that was possibly a factor. And there was one incident that that made it more likely. And it was those things that being a woman in that space, I, w- I, I wasn't the only woman either. There were women around me, but they tended to be in less in more junior roles. And there was a point where I was pretty, pretty much a middle manager and I was like, oh, I'm the most senior female. How's this happened? at this really early point in my career um I was actually leading a team of all women and I was like oh this is great we are trailblazers um however that isn't what we were called uh we inherited a nickname and I wasn't inherited it was coined a nickname and I didn't ask you before because I didn't necessarily know this would come up but there was a profanity involved. So um, I didn't know if your podcast is explicit, um, whether I should say it, but there was a profanity. Um, and yeah, that was our, our it was to do with uh, a very much a gendered uh, profanity. And it was, uh, and that became our nickname. And I was like, oh, I thought we were trailblazers and that's what you're calling us. Yeah, and it was so that was one experience, but there were so many of these experiences over the years, and times when I would look at my own leadership and be like, "Oh, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change?" But then I would question. I'd be like, "Would they have said that if I wasn't a woman leading?" Because I can see my boss banging his fist on the table, and that's something I would never dream of. But that's acceptable leadership behaviour. But I'm being called too patronizing when I'm asking somebody to do their work and so all of those things bit by bit they wore me down and then I I very consciously chose not to go for a promotion I said okay I'll just stay as I am but I will choose flexibility instead which was good It, it helped me get more balance in my life it helped me find passions outside of work and actually allowed me at the time to become a Samaritans volunteer. Volunteer, So I felt much more rounded and um, fulfilled through the things I was doing. And I suppose also that started the seed of how can I help people? And that was my experience of being a trained listener, which has ultimately led on to me being a coach today. And it was when I, it was a few years down the the line and I was kind of feeling like I was kind of treading water with my career and my job. And I mean, I still cared. I still tried to do a good job, but I wasn't necessarily making that my worth anymore, which I think is a really good thing. But I also didn't feel like I was doing very fulfilling work. A lot of the work I, I had found myself in, in the project I was in was very political It was navigating lots of difficult, challenging politics. And I went on maternity leave and I came back a year later 
and the same conversations were coming on I was like ah that was worth um a year out and um and you're still talking about the same political things however with having had my child I had gone through a big identity shift again and when I came back to work that was an adjustment and there was a point where I was thinking oh will I even go back um but I was and I was actually facing redundancy at the time and so that felt like a really big decision because although I'd kind of navigated myself into a position where that could happen because I was on a project that was meant to finish and I knew that redundancy might be an option or a possibility at some point in the future actually when I was facing it I was also going through this shift of time where I just had my child and I was coming back to work and I was now facing redundancy so I went through a whole scale of emotion and decision from I might not even go back to work um to I I absolutely do want to go back to work and I actually want to be promoted and and that would be what would be the thing that would make me stay otherwise no I want to leave but I will do something really great with my career so I went through all of those things and it was a real uncertainty and a thing to really face as a big decision when you barely had any sleep for a year and, um, you know, big life changes. But I actually found, really found my ambition. And that was the point where I, I had the conversations with my manager, who at this point I had an amazing manager. And we spoke about promotions. And he was like, you've just never mentioned it before. Of course you're ready. I was like, oh. Maybe I should have mentioned it before. But at this point, I, I wasn't going to rely on promises. I was like, it either is going to happen or I'm leaving. So my manager couldn't promise me anything in this team because the, everybody is facing redundancy. So I actually, that was the point where I started actually applying for promotions. Um, and I said, well, if I get them, I'll stay. And if I don't, I'll leave. And I got interviewed and I got very close. Um, and it was the old, well, we already kind of know the person who's already got proven experience in that role. So it's going to go to them. But I also remember thinking, I've barely spoken to an adult <laughs> in the last year, um, other than things about other, about things that aren't baby related. And now I'm like having to get through interview situations so it was a real big adjustment but also I loved the experience of it actually and ultimately it led me to deciding to leave because the ambition had come back I knew I wasn't really fulfilled where I had been before um and I wanted to see what else was out there um through that redundancy process we were I was luckily in a company that was quite supportive and had the redundancy package that that made uh, that came with career support. So through that, I was able to work with coaches and explore things that I'd never really thought about in my career and things like values and what really mattered to me and and this idea of what was my why um, and that was a a real big question of I don't know 
because I don't even know who I am anymore because my identity shifted so much within just that last year where I'd had a baby. I was now a mother. I was no longer somebody who was working. I was no longer a project manager. I was like, well, who even am I if I'm not my job? And and yeah, that was just a real big identity, I suppose, crisis in a way. And so I had to really delve into what do I care about? Who am I? What am I passionate about? What And also, what does this mean to me as a new mum who is passionate about her career, but also passionate about being there for a child and, and wanting to absolutely make that work without willing to make sacrifices that meant that I couldn't be there for, for key things for him. So <clears throat> ultimately... Um, that whole experience um I remember going to a workshop which was an I am remarkable workshop which is run by essentially it's a google initiative that lots of people can run um and it's a training and exploration of self of, of self-promotion particularly in women and it's looking and it involves looking back at the things that make you remarkable and owning them. And I just remember that being a whole way of facing this identity shift that I'd been going through and um, sharing with this group of women who had been going through their own shifts with redundancy. And it being a real emotional, cathartic experience. And I just remember one of my I'm Remarkables was about, about how I'd breastfed my child who, through allergies. And I just remember being in, t- and he'd barely slept for that year. And I just remember being in tears. However, that whole experience was incredible. And it, it, I then trained as an I Am Remarkable facilitator. And that was the real seeds of, well, actually, what am I passionate about? It's about gender equality and about these shifts and realizations that people go through at these times of transition. And I didn't want any mother um, or any woman or any person of color, like coming from my own experiences to have to lose out, have to not fulfill their potential, not particularly at work. Um, have to lose out on their career and I realized in that kind of exploration of well what am I passionate about I remembered through that year of my maternity leave I'd suffered postnatal depression around six months in um, and I just remember having meeting friends and me feeling like I was kind of a zombie and barely there but then when we had a conversation about gender equality I came alive and and it got my passion really flowing again, even through the depression. And so all of those kind of seeds came together to make me realise that actually what I really wanted to do, what I was really passionate about and my why was around gender equality. It was about equality. It was about fairness and particularly in the workplace and and particularly in project management, because that was the experience that I knew. And although I've shared my experience through my years, as I spoke to other women around me, they would also share their experiences. It wasn't the same, but it was a version of 
a version of something similar of having been knocked, having to be resilient, having to get through time after time and build themselves up, but also suffering career setbacks and, and lost opportunities. So yeah, that that's really where my passion came from and that identifying my why. And then over the years that has built, um, but I didn't go straight into this, like when I had kind of the light bulb revelation, I didn't necessarily feel brave enough. Uh, And actually before then, I didn't even know starting my own business could be an option. And I didn't necessarily know how to do this working for somebody else either. So I went back into what do I know? I went back into project management and I explored different options, but not at this point, not being willing to give up my flexibility. So and I and I couldn't get the amount of flexibility that I wanted. I probably wanted to work three days, but I, I couldn't find that. So I managed to find an opportunity where I could where I could work four days. And it was uh fortunately for a friend who put me forward for a role as she was going on maternity leave during this time. So I took the role and then I faced a whole new set of experiences as a mum in construction who worked flexibly. And there were tears, there was anger, there was frustration, there was what I now see as bullying, there was uh, me walking out of meetings, me being shushed in meetings. It was a roller coaster of experiences in a toxic environment. And so eventually um, I got brave enough to say, okay, I'm going to do, I really, this is fueling my passion to want to do the thing that I really want to do. And actually now my experiences as a mother in the workplace within construction project management is now even more fueled. Um, so, so that's when I set out on my own and started particularly coaching and mentoring women in project management. And over the years, that work has evolved and grown. So I I still coach uh, women in project management. I still, um, and particularly it's women in construction. Um, I also work with people uh, of colour to support them with their career development. And that's very much about supporting them to transition their career, whether that's up the career ladder or identifying what's right for them in their career. But with without them having to mould themselves to fit in a box, without them having to deal with, or not without them having to deal with, but for them to find ways to deal with this idea of imposter syndrome, which, I've, which is which is, I think, a symptom of the culture and the environments that we're part of, particularly when we feel different, and then that becoming internalised. And so I also work with people who have reached very senior careers and then are really facing that. And over the past couple of years, I've also been working with construction organisations to build their inclusive leadership so that they can ultimately support those same people. But I was finding when I was approaching this from a coaching perspective alone of the people who were suffering the the challenges of environments that didn't work for them, 
they would have great results. They would be more confident ultimately and they would feel more fulfilled and they would get that promotion or they would know what they needed to do or they will feel more thriving in their career. But ultimately they were still in environments that didn't work for them. And over time that would still knock them. So for me, it had to be two sides of the same coin. And we, I also saw that my role was changing the shape of these organisations by supporting senior leaders to make the changes. Wow. It's not like you're passionate about it, is it, Anita? <laughs> it's fantastic. And what I love so much about this is, is your clarity and your, your, your great self-awareness. And I know that that's been a journey. It wasn't something that just appeared. I mean, you did call it a light bulb moment, but it, there are several events that led towards that. I know when people listen to this, they'll think, oh, but it's just all right for Anita. She's got it all sorted now. But when you actually sort of look at the journey that you've been on and and how all the elements that compounded to the point where you were, okay, the decision I've got, this tough decision, it based on little sleep, of course, at the time, but it was a case of, I know what my options are. And these are the options that are available to me at this point. And, and that point has now grown because you've got more tools and more awareness of, of where you are. And it is a case of out of the experiences that you have faced, that the criticism and the judgments and the microaggressions that have led you to doing this purpose-driven work. Because if you had been accepted in that environment, you wouldn't be doing this because it, you know, you would have been accepted. And so out of something horrible has created something great. Yeah, absolutely. And I can look back at those times and I can accept them for what they are. I think definitely as I kind of came into this journey, I had to deal with and process those experiences that had happened to me in the past um, as part of my own co coaching journey to get here, but also to be able to help others work through their experiences. And then, and at the time, to be honest, they, I absolutely did question myself and I did um, second guess myself, but I didn't realize that they were quite knocking me as much as they were. And it was only when I had kind of stepped away from that and I was able to look back and be like, ah, actually, that was quite a traumatic experience. Even though this small thing might not sound traumatic to anyone else, it was the series of those things again and again and again that built up. And some of those things I kind of took as like, well, that just happened. It was just a, an experience. But as I kind of shared my story more and more, others would like, would would reflect on it and they would hear from a different perspective and some of the, my experiences like the example that I gave with the nickname that our team earned when I, sh I, I I knew that was wrong I knew that wasn't right and I spoke to, I remember speaking to my team about it and being like this isn't good like and there are judgments that we face as women so actually why are we accepting this however I also kind of took it as a bit of a given um, and it was only like, well, years later, as I'm kind of sharing my story again, that people would say, that was a toxic working environment. And I didn't see it at the time because I was too in it and I didn't know any different. So I think what you said about 
what we do with the choices based on what we know at the time I think that's just profound <laughs> and um, a lesson because I could look back at that now and be like oh why didn't I do things differently but I did the best I could with what I knew at the time and I share that with others who sometimes kick themselves for not getting out of a toxic situation earlier or not being as inclusive as they now know they could be in a situation that's passed. And we can all kick ourselves for those experiences and we can all judge ourselves, but actually we did the best we could with what we knew at the time. And since then, I faced my own difference out of toxic experiences but I and it's not that I well I do sometimes kick myself I'm like how have I let this happen again however but now I can recognize it earlier I can recognize that this isn't right and I have a choice about what I do with that do I stay do I try and change the environment do I call out that behavior do I leave and remove myself from that situation so now I am recognizing things a lot earlier and able to take action deliberate action whatever that choice is but at least I'm owning that choice rather than letting things happen to me and you have to remember as well that the judgment lens that we're using is entirely different now the the landscape has shifted the language that's being used in the workplace, the awareness that we now have about inclusive environments. When we were working, when I was working, that was not the norm. And it's hard to not, we didn't know any different at the time. And we can't look at it now with the lens that we have and say, well, why didn't you do anything? Because it wasn't and if there wasn't anything to do, yes, there was, of course, there was a huge amount, but we didn't know what to do. And I'm talking from the perspective as a woman working in a, a male dominated environment. I used to work in recruitment and then I went into working in project management and in property and construction. So my goodness, I'm I'm hearing the, <laughs> the story that you're sharing here from my perspective. I have lived and breathed that as well. And when I went back to work after a 14 year break, raising children I didn't have one year I had 14 years so I was I was really trying to play catch up but the conversations were still the same mm -hmm. and and I really feel that it's only in the last four or five years that the shift and the the wheel is turning and all for the better but it's still slow yeah absolutely and I'm seeing so much progress in an industry that had been really slow to change, a real resistance to change. And I'm seeing companies that are putting their money where their mouth is, that are really trying. Some of it, a lot of people would argue, is not fast enough. And I hear that as well. But I am seeing commitments being made. I'm seeing topics that are talked about now that weren't talked about five years ago um and then on the other side of things I'm also seeing companies who who aren't there yet and they're at a different point on their inclusion journey still within construction and and I, I know that would apply to other industries as well there are those that think they've got it all sorted and don't need to do anything and there are those that that don't see that there's a problem. And so they will carry on as they are. And we can only work with what we've got. But I think as 
either I think as people that are now looking for jobs and people that are in companies we're hearing more and more people particularly women particularly women of color who will leave organizations I think it's because of their why I think it's because of their values particularly with the pandemic and with the the awakening um with with more conversations about race and Black Lives Matter and the aftermath of George Floyd, that people are, well, more women and more women of colour are are saying, well, actually, if I'm not treated right, then I'm not going to stay here. And they're taking that more ownership of their careers, that more power where they're able to. And I know that that can't be the case for everybody. And it's, it's a risk to take, but we're, I'm hearing of more and more women who are saying, I won't put up with this. And with the put, and some of that is for some people, that's the push to go back in the organization because they've um, in person, um, because where they've been working remotely, they've realized actually I face less of these microaggressions on a day-to-day basis. And I'm able to integrate more of my life into my work and, and, and ultimately, where people are able to make those decisions, then good for them. But these companies are losing out on such talent and and they will eventually start realising that if they haven't already. Yeah, I hear you. And what's so important is you mentioned that you got brave enough, that it was a point where enough is enough and, and I will tol- tolerate this no longer. There is no more toxicity that I can bear. and. Going back to that Google initiative that you mentioned that I am remarkable, this conversation is remarkable. This is worthy of attention. It's striking and it's and it really is when when you look back or you reflect back on where you've been and where you're heading, Anita, it's really special. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. I think actually I think we don't often ref- have time Uh, or create the time to reflect back and I think that's why that exercise was so powerful because I've just been living my life and raising a small human and doing what I needed to at work to deliver the projects and have political arguments Um, but that actual reflection is incredible and I think I realized it and I think for for every single one of us taking that time to reflect and realize all of those wins is so powerful. So retaining and engaging women and particularly women uh, and or people of colour as well, you know, included everyone here in in that space. What's the vision? What's the mission that you're looking to achieve? Absolutely. So the vision and mission that I'd love to see within the construction sector in in principle, but beyond that is that we have equitable um, leadership. So that we have more women in leadership, that we have more people of colour in leadership and generally people who are different from all walks of life um, who currently feel like they might not belong, that they have that place in leadership and that they are able to create the environments that filter down into the organisation. That means that people don't feel like they don't fit in, that they know it's okay to be different and that's a good thing that they can embrace all the, all the parts of them. And ultimately, that that is delivering projects better because they don't have to 
hide part of them or they don't have to feel like they can't speak out, whether that's about a safety issue or a risk or an idea that could make things better. So, yeah, for me, it would be that the diversity is there, but that people feel like they belong and that they have that we all benefit from from this difference in this hive of innovation and activity that means is better for all of us. It's a beautiful vision and I really know that you're going to be taking this to great heights, Anita, really equitable leadership and where you started from just sharing the, the story and the passion that has run through the whole thread of this conversation. It started out with sacrifice and feeling that there was loss and lack of potential and we've moved it all the way through to choices and expand expansion of potential which is fantastic thank you I love I love your reflection and and how seeing that journey laid out which I hadn't written I hadn't thought about in those terms I think this is the thing is that we're, we're so close to our own journey and our own story and and we we go through it every day that when we actually just stop and reflect and really think about the steps that you've taken you realize that a lot of the the decisions that you make and the choices that you've made have been in the moment but have had huge knock-on effects going forward and we don't take them lightly you know that they seem to be the right decision and the right choice at the time and it's a case of now my goodness if someone had told you the leader that you are being right now would you have believed them I suppose Five, even five years ago, or, or five years ago when I had my child or before that, I didn't see that I would ever go out on my own. I saw that I was corporate and would climb that ladder um, eventually. Um, so, no, I did not see this on my career plan at all. So it's it's been a surprise to me as much as to anyone else. <laughs> And that's the thing about the ladder, isn't it? You get so fixated on climbing it. And then when you actually stop and pause and look around, you realize it's not even the ladder you want to be on. So it's it, it can, you can get swept into that, that whole, oh, I, I remember being there myself and, and just feeling so whipped into a frenzy about achievement mm. that I didn't even stop and focus on what the achievement really meant. And, and now, you know, that with the clarity, and, and the why, as, as you've referenced, it is just so different in the space of fulfillment and the contribution piece that we can make. Anita, it has been amazing, this conversation. And thank you so much for coming back and sharing your story in more depth, because it was definitely worthwhile people waiting to hear this from, from the, your very brief 300th episode participation it was fabulous having you on but it was so hard to squeeze everyone down into little little bits to make the compilation have you got a way of people can get in contact with you what's the best way that they can reach out yeah absolutely you can find me on LinkedIn I spend probably far too much time on there and then you can also email me I've popped an email in the show notes um or Amy will do and my email is anita at anitafigura.com Amazing. Thank you. And absolutely, we all spend far too much time on LinkedIn. I'm guilty of that too. Anita, thank you so much. Inclusive leadership is a 
huge focus for you and you are going to be changing the world and making a difference for so many women going forwards. And I'm really love to hear people's thoughts and reflections from this episode. How would you like to close this episode out for us? So one of the phrases that I use in some of the talks that I do is why fit in when you can embrace your misfit and belong? How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.